0: The title of today's episode is Cancel, Cancel Culture, The Rise of the Sympathetic Narcissist. Um, I ran into a quote a while back that I really like. I've shared it a bit on my episodes. Um, It's by Dave Chappelle. I'll paraphrase it. Um, In essence, it says there's two great lies that our culture has accepted. The first is in order to love someone, we have to believe and act like they do. The second is if someone disagrees with us, they should be hated or feared both of which are nonsense. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. Facebook flagged it as false information. And, you know, I'm not going to get totally upset at Facebook or the moderators or policies or whatever, but it, it was interesting to me the shift that's taken place and the cunning way in which Satan tries to paint compassion is really, um, you know, somewhat like a a Marxist or a a dictatorship, right? Where, you know, before in in countries that do that, basically if you don't believe with us, you'll be silenced by being murdered. Um, It's more subtle with what we're seeing here. You know, if if you don't believe or think like we do in every aspect, you're a bad person and we're going to silence you. You know, cancel culture has always existed. Um, you know, in, in the early, the mid 20th century. You know, it was it was extremely conservative, and I think sometimes too much, right? Um, media, different things, but, but portrayed you know a different lifestyle, monogamy, um, you know th- these different things, right? And uh, any differing thoughts were, were, were certainly shunned. And I think the ramifications of that had created quite a bit issues too because there certainly was a lack of uh, compassion towards people that lived or, uh, you know, viewed things in, in separate ways. Um, you know, and then we had the 60s, uh, you know, and, and uh, the, the hippies and the free love movement, which was just a complete shift and a shock, right? And, you know... But as I as I see things now, it's uh, it, it's fascinating, right? And, and it's 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 uh, alarming as well. Um, you know, I I look at the movies that were coming out here twenty years ago, and some of them my favorite movies. You know, yeah. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, or uh, you know, Kingpin. I w- today I wouldn't watch them anyway, but they were incredibly offensive. And, uh, and I think it's good that we're not, you know, popularizing that type of content because with an understanding of where people are at and mental illness and stuff, I think some of this shift has been very good, right? Um, <clears throat> it seems like society as a whole is, is more, uh, aware of, of, you know, how we come off and, uh you know to an extent it's good to to try and not trigger people and to be respectful and then i think it can, can become detrimental in certain areas as well you know th- this idea of of these boundaries right and some, some people suffer from grave mental illnesses. And it seems like the way that the world is starting to set up, whether it's politicians in power or people that make curriculums or whatever it is to keep people sick. You know, let's, uh, let's not trigger them at all. Let's, let's confine our interactions with them and their learning methods and whatever in order to not trigger them, in essence, to keep people sick. You know, sometimes people need to be challenged to get better. And uh, if, you know, if we construct not boundaries, but these walls, basically, you know, this is my viewpoint, this is the way my mind works, and uh, uh, we're going to tailor everything to keep the person thinking that way. Well, there's advantages to that. There's, you know, people want to stay in power. Um, they've always, since the beginning of time, used fear to feed on, on those that uh, are suffering. And, you know, we, we, we certainly see it today as well. Um, but I think it's it's getting incredibly out of hand. And I don't think it's one side of the political party at all. I'm, I'm very independent in my thinking, and uh, I have... Uh, Family members that uh, you know, the majority are very liberal. I've got a lot of great friends that are very conservative, and uh, I get along great with both of them. And I understand why both of them think the way that they think. But I think the polarization of of these issues and and the idea that uh, we're right and you're wrong, and if you don't think like we think, Inherently, you are a bad human being, and we're going to block you. Is is what we're what we're seeing? But it's been it's being done in the guise of kindness, of kindness, right? No, we're the benevolent ones. We're wanting to protect mothers' rights. No, no, we're wanting to protect the the you know unborn fetus. Well, you don't think like we think, then you're evil. No, you don't think how we think, then. You're evil. And I think that's where the problem comes in. You know, it's, it's very possible to make judgments on uh, ideology and to make judgments on actions without judging the person. And I'm grateful that I don't have to make those judgment calls on people as individuals anymore. I certainly believe how I believe and think certain ideologies or thought patterns are dangerous and certain behaviors are very dangerous. um, And I can protect myself from certain things. I can speak out in the way that I want to in certain ways. But when it comes down to the individual, I never have to really deconstruct where they are at in their life because I don't really know. And I understand God is, uh, you know, taking you know, taking care of that. So, you know, when when this process really started going, I've talked about some of my my journey and, and wanting to, uh, you know, eventually phase into what I'm doing full-time, you know, I, I thought I needed to get my, my degree, you know, in, in, in psychology, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of benefits to that, but at the time, there just wasn't enough time. I was, you just gotten completely clean and, and you know and was learning and, and running a business and a single dad and dealing with everything else and I just felt not to and uh, you know instead I went the non-conventional route and just was schooled and tutored by by my therapist who's just incredible you know but I see a shift happening I see a shift happening in the world. Uh, with curriculums with uh you know school curriculums or or with education whatever and it limits what you can do and and i think that it will continue to to try and go that way and i I firmly believe i was prompted to stick in a place where i don't have to be controlled or conformed to sort some sort of curriculum you know with, with with the uh Understanding that if I treat with a method that the powers that be deem, you know, not in accordance with their, their enacted laws, that they can shut me down. Because I can be pretty radical with what I do. And I, I try to go by the spirit in what I say and do. And uh, I, I see this shift taking place. And I'm just, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, God has given me a different avenue. To continue to learn these things, and continue to speak and to act and to talk the way that I feel like is the appropriate way in any given situation. I, I, you know, was reading an article the other day about religion, and the younger generation, by and large, is leaving religion in droves, and the main reason is they view religion as being judgmental and i can certainly see why people think that and i think that there are tons of religious people that uh, frankly are judgmental but you know back to dave chappelle's quote right i believe what i believe because of the experiences that i've had there is no way for me not to believe what I believe anymore. I have a knowledge that God is real. I have a knowledge that His Son, Jesus Christ, is the Savior of the world. I have a knowledge that the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, is Christ's church on earth, preparatory to the coming of the Messiah. And regardless of what I think or feel or see, I can't take that away from it anymore. It can't be undone. I've seen and experienced too much. So, you know, when I, when I talk with people with different viewpoints or people that used to have my ideology or not and understanding where they come from, you know, usually my, my question's the same. You know, I, I think if you lived my life and went about my trials the way that I went about them, I don't know a way on earth you wouldn't believe how I believe. Uh, I just I just can't fathom it. And at the same token, if uh, I lived your life, I may think or feel the same way that you think or feel. And, you know, people ask me, well, what's your views on when the church said this or, or gay marriage or this or this? I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't matter a ton because God told me it was true. He told me it was true. And, and so, you know, all that stuff I don't have to understand. And a lot of time my reaction to that will be, well, he tells a lot of people things are true and they do this. And usually, my, my response is, well, thank goodness I'm, I don't have to be accountable or answer for what he tells other people. I only have to say what he tells me. He tells me it is true. Now, having said that, with that, you know, uh, framework, I understand that my views are divisive. I understand that they can cause people pain. I understand that very well and I don't I don't love it, but I believe that's just the nature of good in this world. And I think part of the problem comes in when we try to decide what a blessing constitutes from God, or what it looks like, right? Whether God asks us to do something, or the leaders of the church, or whatever, and we do it, and we have an idea that this is going to happen because of it, and something completely different happens, and we see that doesn't work, they weren't inspired, and they don't know what they're talking about. Well, I, I thought that way for a long time, and I've, I've had a shift where I just... I've seen things play out long enough that I believe and know God knows what He's doing. And sometimes, following certain things that He's asked me to do um, will not, in the immediate, cre- create uh, you know pleasurable outcomes. But if I stay true, it always works in my benefit. But understanding that you know my views on things can cause people pain it does not make me uncompassionate at all. And I. Can see that completely, and I can have empathy for people, you know, when my actions or my beliefs cause pain or heartache or suffering. But I would be inauthentic to you and doing you a disservice if I shifted or said I believe or think differently when that's not really the case. You know, when someone changes an ideology, I think by and large the biggest reason is they don't want to live the tenets of that ideology and. Uh, you know, it's certainly not always the case, but I know plenty of people that have, you know, n- no longer practiced my faith, and and a lot of the, if they're honest with me, that they usually typically say they just don't want to live the way that they have you live. Um, it's not fun, right? But if they still believe in that ideology and they're living contrary to it, it's it's really not fun. And so, you know, I know a lot of people in the name of, uh, you know homosexuality or abortion are these charged issues that are hard to explain and they'll say this is the reason why I don't believe and and I think sometimes that really is the reason it doesn't mean that's part of the reason but I think a lot of time there's just an aversion to living the way that they want to live right and like I said I'm I'm not saying this is by and large the the general consensus of people that you know experience that but in my interactions with a variety of people it's something that i've that i've seen hold true to form you know uh, quite quite a bit so you know as as we talk about this idea that people have to think or feel like us i think you know understanding the power of resentments is is powerful you know, when COVID hit, I was I was really sick. Um, I'd gotten a bacterial infection, and I, I was home for two months and couldn't work. And I was I was looking online. I was looking at Facebook, and I was I was reading very kind, nice people that I I know, and they were ripping each other apart over mandates, masks, vaccinations, uh, distancing, everything. And it was sad to me and uh, i understand that anger is a secondary emotion to fear and people are terrified and scared for you know different reasons but you know they they'll get online and they'll start fighting with people and sadly sometimes they're they're good friends or family members in the moment that we feel anger it masks our fear and it feels really good, right? The problem with all these things, and if we jump into the world of conspiracy theorism, and I'm not saying some conspiracies aren't true, is that you, you, you really can't know. And when the anger leaves, when the fight happens with someone online or this, and the fear returns, we're left scared again, more scared, and we start looking into things that we really probably can't understand and create more things, and it just robs us of our peace. I can understand both spectrums there. People died of COVID. I know people who died a lot, who lost their family members that saw them waste away on a ventilator. Those people are getting very charged with the situation. I know people on the other hand that, you know, don't believe with the numbers that it was a very few minority and it certainly didn't justify the measures that were enacted and the toll it took on mental health and learning and all that stuff as well. I can understand both sides there, but I, I don't ever think the answer was fighting with people. You know this this idea of getting online and sharing you know argumentative posts on Facebook or social media. Well, I've never seen anyone change anyone's ideology by doing that. Um, in fact, if you believe you're right and you go and fight with people, you're going to make them dig their heels in further. Um, I I would think an effective way if you want people to subscribe to your ideology and you think it's uh, going to benefit them and society as a whole, you might do a Facebook story, right? Because then you can say what you want to say, and the only interactions people can have with you are one-on-one. But I think a lot of the time, you know, we just want to fight. But understanding this 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 damaging nature of anger and resentments is is paramount, right? And I've talked at length about this, but when we're upset or mad at someone, we can assign blame on them for our actions. God being the most dangerous one. If God screwed up, if God did this and this, it's God's fault. I'm going to do whatever I want. And then we are conflicted in, you know, this self-destructive behavior, and it feels really good. Resentments are, are drinking poison and expecting it to kill someone else. They just don't do anything and expectations are resentments under construction when we have an expectation for someone um, of how they should react and they don't we gain a resentment and then we start drinking poison expecting it to hurt them because you know they didn't fill our expectation i was back in rehab you know a while back and there was a guy that was a talking and uh, he said, you know, they told me I had to pray for, you know, my wife that uh, she would, uh, I had to pray for her as part of my amends and he said, okay, I'll pray for her, you know, let's give that what she deserves <laughs> and a weekend, God, help her, another week, please help her and another week, forgive me for what I've done to her. I've seen people forgive for some of the most heinous croaks I could imagine. And I've seen the peace that comes from that. And I've seen and know the only way for forgiveness in such extreme circumstances is through the Son of God. But as He says, I, the Lord, will forgive whom I for, will forgive. But to you, it is to forgive everyone. This idea that I'm right and you're wrong is dangerous. And if it, what's even more dangerous is you're wrong and you're a bad person for thinking the way you do. You know, I, I saw um, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, <clears throat> they got married on a plantation, you know, 2010-11, and they issued this huge apology, apology right, and uh, just feeling horrible for, you know, everything and saying it was their worst mistake. Well, I can understand why they feel that way. I understand the, uh, you know slavery was was one of the most terrific things that ever happened. But I don't, uh, at least I don't know, but my guess is at the time they didn't view it that way, right? They did not view it as anything other than this is a beautiful location, we're going to celebrate our love and people are going to like it. You know, I would think a, a better way would be like, hey, at the time that was our thinking. But in retrospect, we look back and, you know, we believe that this has caused problems and it's not an accurate reflection of of what we think and how we feel about things in general. I think that would have been effective. But especially in Hollywood, to stay in, you know, there has to be such a stark disengagement from any of this. Otherwise, you know, they could risk their careers and everything, you know, is being blackballed. You know, I, I, I see today how Satan works and that's who I battle against and I'm very aware of him and I'm very aware of his tactics and I've experienced him and his forces in some ways that I'll never share but I know how real he is and I see what he does to people in the last days men's hearts shall fail them because of fear. You know, we have a Chinese spy balloon shot down, and then we have reports of unidentified objects for the next two weeks being shot down. We have ecological disasters happening. We have uh, violence breaking out left and right. We have, you know, rifts within political ideologies and family. We have wars. We have Russia recently striking down a nuclear pact. You know, We have China doing different things. We have the U.S. doing different things. It can terrify us. It won't matter how much money you have. It won't matter how strong you are. It won't matter anything. If you base your peace upon these circumstances, you'll live in fear. And it will most likely manifest in all various different types of anger, which have the ability to rob you of your peace and sever important relationships. Especially within my faith, it's a little disheartening and interesting that people will put so much of their faith on the arm of flesh, right? On people within power Um, and some people that do horrible uh, things, but the methods or the results, although methods are horrible, the results are good, and then they... They push away from the church which they profess that Christ Himself runs and question that, and they don't find any peace there. Matthew 24 is instructive, and Christ is talking about our day. And I encourage you to read it. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. Nations shall rise up against nation. There shall be, you know, pestilence and disease and natural disasters in diverse places. When ye see these things, be ye not troubled. How? How can we not be affected? It's going to get worse. But Christ said, be ye not troubled. You know, for me, being in recovery and learning the power of the Serenity Prayer and different things has been very helpful in the situation. You know, I've learned that if something happens to me from outside influences, and I didn't cause it, or I can't really change it, that's part of my moral trial I meant to go through. I try to limit the self-inflicted stuff, but I just realize things are playing at their course. But the Savior promised us, in the world ye shall have tribulation, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our peace is an inside job. The Son of God is real. Uh, President Russell M. Nelson, uh, the the prophet in this dispensation that runs Christ Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said, in the coming days, we will see greater manifestations of the Savior's power than the world has ever seen. We're okay. You're protected you can have peace amidst all the uncertainty and the nightmares in the world and it doesn't require you to be perfect. I recently had some experiences with my savior coming in to save me in ways and places that I had no idea he would go and it continues to amaze me. I was driving home from Vegas the other week and I had rolled down the window and was sitting there and I rolled it up just enough and, and my buddy Chan's car and a, a rock was projectiled and just slammed that window. It was amazing it didn't break it, but it literally was coming straight from my face. And about a second before I put up that window, um, it was down and I put it up, then about a second later it came, it would've hit me straight in the face. It hit hard, I have no idea what it would've done, but you know, some people may call that coincidence. I don't. I know very well that my Savior was protecting me and if that situation like that maybe would have happened one time it could have been coincidental but when it happens all the time it's not you know people say that doubt is normal and fears are normal well i don't know if i buy into that the lord in the doctrine covenant says doubt not fear not I love the example of Pilate and Jesus Christ and Christ is meeting with Pilate and Pilate's wife has a dream and is, is you know pleading with uh, her husband not to kill Christ and Christ isn't answering him anything. And Pilate is just, uh, you know, he does not know what to do and is just pleading, will you not answer me? Don't you understand I have the power? I have the power to deliver you. Savior looks at him and says, you have no power over me save that which is given you from heaven. It's 40, I'm 41 years old and I finally conquered fear. I have not felt fear in about a month. And I do feel like as long as I continue the way that I'm living, I'll continue to feel this way but I meant to feel fear when a moment or situation dictates for it. But for you guys that are terrified, that are freaking out, that look at the state of the world and are disheartened, have faith. You know, for me, I ask, where can I make a difference within my scope of influence? Well, that question led to this endeavor. And within my means, I try to make a difference where I can but I sit back with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for His arm to be revealed. I testify to you of the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ and how real He is and how powerful His redemptive power is in saving you from situations where you feel despair and how he has paid the price. And the outcome is already written. For you that don't believe or don't know, I, I encourage you to seek this Jesus of whom I have spoken. For you that have lost your way, I encourage you to align yourself with him again. And for you that have found the peace like I have to share, God is real. Things are putting in motion and and Satan and his forces are at an all-time high. But just like Elijah with his little servant going to fight the Philistines outnumbered 10 to 1, they that be with us are more than they that be with him. Thanks for tuning in. Get your life back.